Hey, this is Anthony Mihalich, and you're listening to The Airborne Mind Show. everyone. This is Ms. Bahawk. Thank you so much for joining me today and welcome back to the show. Whether this is your first, second, 10th, or 30th episode, I appreciate you tuning in. Your time, your energy, your attention, and your ears mean the world to me. Without you listening, this show would not be where it is today. So once again, thank you. Before we get started, the biggest compliment that you can give is by leaving a review on iTunes. You have no idea how much that helps in terms of rankings, bringing more awareness to the show, and bringing on more interesting guests. So if you could take two or three minutes, not while you're driving, but take two or three minutes, go ahead, leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to head over to theairbornemind.com where you can check out some free resources and the full show notes there as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Revive RX. RX has played a huge role in my recovery over the last six months or so. Um, if you are in the market for uh, a post-workout supplement or a protein supplement um, and you want something that's clean, that's effective, and that is simple, I highly recommend their products. I obviously use them myself. Um, I personally love the Recover formula in the strawberry flavor and I take four scoops after my training sessions. If you want some education around, you know, is a protein supplement right for you? What's the difference between recover and rebuild? And honestly, just some good basic nutrition information. I shot a couple of videos with Marcus Philly that you can get on my site exclusively, theairbornemind.com. Um, and if you would like to get a 10% discount on RevivRx supplements, head over to RevivRx.com and enter the code MIZ10, M-I-Z-1-0. Once again, that's RevivRx.com, MIZ10. Today, my guest is Anthony Mihalich. Anthony is also a coach here at Revival Strength. He's somebody that I've had the chance to get closer with over the last several months, um, immediately upon meeting him, I instantly resonated with the tenacity that he had to learn. It was something that I, it's weird to explain, but I just picked up on right away. And since then, we've had a chance to discuss some of this stuff offline. But I'm excited to share that trajectory of kind of his coaching career and how he got into it with you guys today. It started, you know, well before this trip, but he also made this trip to Thailand where he began coaching part-time in exchange for a membership at a small CrossFit gym. Um, he's had experience as an athlete playing multiple sports through, you know, high school and college and uh, has, has experienced his share of injuries as well, which has given him insight on how to not only take care of himself a little bit better, but how he can relay this onto his clients. Um, we talk about certain things in this episode that I, um, I I'm glad we talked about because I don't think it gets 
enough um, you know, enough airtime, whether it's on podcasts or videos and things like that. Um, we talk about body image. We talk about masculinity and femininity. We talk about uh, many things related to the coaching career and um, the life of an athlete. Um, I, I'm sure you're going to walk away with a few different insights from this episode, something that might give you a bit of a different perspective. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And more importantly, hope you do something with it. Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Mizba. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, you are a coach here at Revival Strength, and over the last few months, I've gotten to know you quite well, and, and uh, we have a lot of fun coaching together on the floor, and we've just had a lot of time to get to know each other. So I'm excited we were finally able to kind of make this happen and kind of dig into your journey so far in fitness and how you got started here at Revival Strength. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of context, a little bit of background as to like you know, take us back as early as, you know, when you started kind of playing sports or what sports you were involved in and, and the trajectory that kind of happened from that point. Oh, man, that's a crazy story. But, you know, I grew up here in Marin County, uh, just like Marcus. I actually really didn't know Marcus uh, up until about, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, but before that, you know, all the main sports, you know, when I was growing up, uh, basketball, baseball, soccer, um, any sport at any time where my parents did not have to, you know, watch us, you know, there was, we, we were doing a little bit of everything, but, yeah. you know, going up into, uh, high school, then there was a little bit of transfer into focusing on football and wrestling and made a switch to play lacrosse because I actually wasn't that good at baseball or basketball. You know, you've seen me here. I've got pretty short arms and <laughs> short limbs in general. So, uh, those kind of sports were a little bit more advantageous for me. But yeah, uh, basketball, um, I mean, football and wrestling and lacrosse and played that all throughout high school. And, you know, going into my senior year, tore my ACL for the first time, which was kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't get to play my senior season of football, which was, you know, my best sport and I loved the most. And then going into lacrosse, um, just, you know, step behind and trying to rehab an injury and it just did not go well. So senior year sports was not great. And then um, going into college, played some college lacrosse, um, which I finally got to get my step back a little bit, uh, dropped a little bit of weight, a lot of fun. And then I was like, you know what, I kind of want to play football again. So I ended up dropping out of college. I was at the University of Arizona at the time and ended up playing football at the junior college here north in Santa Rosa, which they actually have a pretty good program. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was I put too much weight on too quickly or something like that, but I ended up tearing my knee again Ooh. for week one of the season. Um, you know, just kind of uh, really bummed about that. And so I was like, well, I'm probably gonna need a knee replacement by 30, you know, thinking that like my knee was gonna be messed up. And, you know, I, there was there's some crazy points where my knee was just, whenever it would get cold, it would get stiff mm. or, you know, range of motion. I just, it just was not feeling that great. And, you know, I finally gave up that dream, you know, finish off college and get my, get my degree. And then, you know, I found CrossFit when I was, um, working a job in college with a buddy 
it was I was a beer tender at a brewery. It was awesome. Nice. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, you do that CrossFit thing? Like, let me let me come on in. So he brought me in and did a. Uh, I didn't do a Fran or anything like that. You know, people had all these crazy Fran stories. He just brought me into an intro session, which is thank God. But uh, yeah, and then I just kind of got hooked. Ended up uh, coaching a year later. Some interest there. Um, kind of became obsessed with movement. You know, then you know you go through that lull of like, oh man, I'm not really getting any better after that initial like spike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, becoming a coach and then just kind of doing my own thing and then getting lost in doing my own thing. So not really understanding what I was doing, kind of falling back into some old. 24 hour style workouts where you're just bench pressing and assault biking and rope climbing and, you know, buys and tries and thighs and, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, and then I kind of, you know, was looking for a different direction and, you know, it was just happenstance that I, you know, fell into this thing with Marcus, you know, I actually reached out to him to, you know, get a little, uh, um, feedback on, doing OPEX and I was just like, Hey, you done this OPEX thing. I think you're an OPEX guy. Would you mind talking about it with me? I just, seems like a big investment up front. Um, so I was just, so he just reached out to me. He's like, yeah, come on by, uh, the warehouse. So that, that was the first time I came here and we just sat and talked for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, just gave me a lot of his time. And I was, I was, uh, you know, excited about the whole idea of OPEX. I didn't even know anything about remote coaching and I mm-hmm. figured or you know individual coaching and I was like you know what are you are you taking clients like <laughs> just uh just last you know just figure out to ask him he's like yeah I am he's like this is what I cost to start this time and I was like well I'm, you know I'm taking off to Thailand in like a month he's like oh do you just want to wait until after I was like nope I want to do it now yeah and so you know we we started right away and I didn't know you know I was gonna quit my job go to Thailand and I uh you know, I just knew that it was something special that I need to be involved in and to have, you know, yeah, Marcus specifically, but you know, just the remote coaching and I knew it, that I needed it, you know, to progress. So tell me a little bit about Thailand. Like what, what kind of sparked that for you that you were like, you know, out of all places, this mm-hmm. is where I want to go, yeah. and I'm going there for this long. Like, well, what was well, happened behind you know, the scenes? To, to be honest, uh, my cousin was getting married out there. Okay. So I, I was planning on going regardless, um, and I was planning, you know, my, you know, my whole family was going out there, and uh, my grandfather, he was, uh, he didn't have a roommate, <laughs> and so he was staying at the Ritz Carlton out there, <laughs> which is like a ridiculous hotel, but, um, and that's where he was getting married, my cousin, and uh, I was like you know, grandpa, could I, could I stay with you? Is that, is that okay? He's like, yeah, of course you, you just got to pay for your flight out there. And then, you know, I was just, and this was like, you know, eight months leading up to it. You know, I, I had known about this wedding in Thailand and then, you know, I, I had a trip in college where I went with some buddies to Spain and, and they ended up going for three months and I completely regretted it. All I came back for was a, a job at a bar, you know, like I was just working at the bar, you know, post-college and Mm -hmm. I came back for that. And so I was always kind of beating myself up about that and, you know, wanting to get a little bit more travel in. And, you know, I, I decided that, you know, I, I would make something work, you know, and then I just, you know, I'm going to be out there for two months and just, I need to travel solo and that's what I need for my personal growth. And I was so glad that I did it, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was scary, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you had no idea, like, 
what was really going to happen. You kind of mm-hmm. took that leap. And I mean, what, what is it about travel for you that kind of, you knew that that was kind of the next step? Well, I think that most of my life I've been like a hermit, you know, I've, I've just been, you know, doing the, the safe and the, the, uh, the comfortable and doing it for so long that I was finally like, I need, I really need to put myself in an, an uncomfortable, challenging situation where I need to, you know, I can't rely on what other people think or what they want to do or this and that, which I did in, when I was in Spain. I, you know, I was just kind of at the mercy of what my friends wanted to do. We went out and partied all the time. I wasn't that happy with it. And then going to this uh, place, I'm like, I don't have to party at all if I don't want to. I can just travel around. I can keep doing the thing that I am doing, but in a different part of the world. Um, and which is what I ultimately did. You know, I went out there and, you know, after I spent some time with the family, I just found this beautiful island, you know, inland uh, on Koh Tao. Found a CrossFit gym out there and I was like, you know, I reached out to a couple gyms ahead of time and reached out to this guy, um, Gaz. He's an awesome uh, British dude. And uh, he was, yeah, he's like, yeah, come out. We'll take, you know, we'll take care of you. We have one of our coaches actually leaving. If you decide you want to stay longer, we'd have a position for you. And I was just like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'll just kind of come out and coach and yeah. have some fun. And, and that's what I did, you know. And actually, you know, I, I ended up taking it a step further. And he had hired another coach to come in. And I ended up coaching this coach on how to like optimize classes mm. and which was really fun for me because he actually, you know, paid for my, my living expenses. So I actually didn't, I didn't make any money, but I didn't lose any money when I was in Thailand. Right. So it was like, I was going out there getting it, my board paid for, and I was just teaching this guy how to be better at teaching CrossFit and teaching movement. And, you know, that was, that was always something that was you know, taught to me really well when I first started CrossFit was movement, seeing movement, correcting movement, you know, and then, you know, doing a class and teaching a class and how that's different because it Mm. is different. It's a different set of skills and requires you to play a lot of different hats. And so that was a ton of fun, definitely. But, you know, the whole experience of Thailand just was really just the beginning of my journey in self-development. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, so you came back here. Yeah. And then you were still being coached by Marcus. Oh, yeah. And so what did you start training on site here? Oh, man. So there was a, so I came back and there was, um, you know, I I came back right away. I wanted to, um, you know, I've already told you this plenty of times, but um, I had some unfinished business with, um, you know, my current girlfriend and, and whatnot. I just needed to really you know, show her how much I cared about her and, you know, really develop my relationship with her. But so there was, there was some of that and we were training together at the gym that I used to work at. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, the reason for me not joining on site right away is I was trying to, you know, really get, develop my relationship again yeah. with, um, with Mandy, my partner. And, uh, so we were spending a lot of time working out together there. And then, you know, finally Marcus is like, Hey dude, like, when are you going to come work out on site? And, uh, you know, in the, in the meantime, I'm, you know, showing up to meetings and whatnot. And that was kind of, you know, part of it, part of the deal. He, he thought I was going to be longer than I gone longer than I was, but I ended up coming back early to, you know, to be around him and to be around this, this thing he was creating and not knowing that it would even be this, that it is today, but just be around the guy and, knew that there was something special there, but it took me a little bit of time, 
you know, to answer your question, to get in here, to get on site. Um, but once I did, it was just, you know, having, having that experience with him, you know, and having him on site coaching me was just, you know, and yeah, it's Marcus Philly, but just, just having that, that, that I've never had that, that coach that is just so invested in me. Yeah. You know, and, and I felt it immediately, you know, there's something where like remote is great, right? Because it allows you to like, I can travel here. I can travel there. I can still get all my workouts in, still get my training, still progress. But you know, there's something about the, the touch on site with that person who really cares about you and is really, you know, working with you in order to like, get better at this thing, whatever it is you decide to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I first came in, I just said, Oh man, I want to compete in CrossFit. Yeah. Isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Right. And then, and then I, you know, the more and more I do it and even talking to Marcus now recently, you know, with one of our consultations, like, I don't know if I want to compete, you know? Yeah. And you know, the, and that's all part of that journey. But you know, at the time it was just getting here and getting on site and having that coach. I've never had that before. And it was mm. special. Yeah. And uh, tell me, a little bit about like when you knew that okay I want to be a part of this and I and I want to coach here like what did that look like because you did say you started showing up to meetings and stuff mm-hmm. I mean walk me through that a little bit. oh my god yeah so I think that it, it, actually as soon as I had met with Marcus that first time when we were we were uh, you know talking about the OPEX and we were talking about starting into ID coaching and I was like yeah I really like this I'm gonna work for you and he's like, he's like, you're going to Thailand. What are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, but I'll be back in like six weeks or six, eight weeks. And, you know, and then I'll come back and we'll work out with, you know, it'll all work out. He's like, man, just like if you're going out there six months, if you ever talk to Marcus, he, he had a big, uh, you know, uh, quest or trip or whatever he had, you know, at the time, right around my age. And uh, I was just like, no, 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 I'll be good after six weeks and then come in and I'm gonna start working for you right away. And I don't think he, like, I don't think he was, like, he, he kind of had a feeling I was serious, but I don't think he knew that as soon as I came back, I was, like, at every meeting. I was talking to him daily. I was, you know, communicating, trying to get on site. And, and it was just, uh, yeah, I just knew that there was something special mm-hmm. from, the, from the get-go, something that I wanted to be a part of, something that I was missing in my coaching career so far. And, you know, I love the, the group classes because, you know, part of what's fun about the group classes, which you've done, is putting on a show, you mm-hmm. know, like putting on a show, but also, you know, having this personal touch. You get a little bit of everything. You yeah. get the personal touch. You get the show. You get the, you know, you get to have the group dynamic. Um, so there, it's, it's great, right? But, you know, there was something special about what he was doing and what he was trying to create. And every single time we sat down and talked about the vision of what it was going to look like, where it's like, okay, you can still run that show. You can still do this. You can still do that. But now it's individualized. So you're taking it just a step further mm-hmm. and, and giving that, that touch that you're talking about, but like in more in depth. So, you know, just, you know, and I'm kind of talking about it now, getting a little bit of chills because that's kind of the way he described it to me. And it was just so exciting and so, uh, you know, attractive to me that I wanted, I was like, you know, this is special and I need to, you know, of course there's going to be bumps. I know, you know, I, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm paying $255 a month for some coaching, but I don't have a job lined up. I I don't have, I'm quitting my job to go to Thailand. I'm going to spend a bunch of money. I was like, yep, I know it's going to work out, but it was, uh, it was scary. Yeah. You know, not, not really knowing. Yeah. I, I know exactly, you know, how that feels. And I mean, you, 
so at that moment there was no revival strength because mm-hmm. even you know I think when I came to visit here, uh, yeah, we were still tagging Revive RX at that point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, you just getting to talk to you at that point and seeing like how you were working with the clients that you were already working with and like just what that growth looked like. Um, tell me a little bit about the education, right? That kind of mm-hmm. like because I'm I'm a huge believer in this like mentor mentee apprenticeship type of model where if you're around somebody that you want to kind of learn from you will pick up certain things from them like you'll absorb some of Mm -hmm. that knowledge just by communicating and and picking up on certain things along the way with consistency and over a long period of time and it seems like you kind of picked up on that early on where like you're like i just got to be a part of this i got to be around him i need to you know just just go through this process myself. Um, so there seems like there was learning coming from a lot of directions. Like, yeah, you're going through OPEC CCP, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's all these other ways that you're still kind of learning, right? Yeah. What, what did that kind of look like? Or oh. what was it like going through that process? Man, it, I mean, again, I know I've been wearing out that word special, but it was just, you know, coming in. Um, yeah, of course we had the CCP where we're learning, you know, modules each month you know, there's different, there's assessment and program design and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, you're, you're getting that education from that, but you know, there's something special again about working with that guy, you know, and me and him vibed from the beginning because we had a lot of those similar traits, you know, he might, he's a little introverted, you know, you get to know him. There's, there's this emotional side, there's this depthness or however you want to describe that, but it's, uh, yeah, you know, you pick up those subtleties like you talk about and it's, you know, the way he, you know, the way he manages his schedule, right? Yeah. The way he talks to a client or the way he changes his, vo- his voice inflection or, you know, the way he's like, oh man, this person's really struggling. And he actually does it to me. So I get to see, you know, I'm his client. I'm also his, his friend. I'm his, I'm his mentee. I'm his, uh, one of his employees. So there's a lot of levels to our relationship and it, and it allows for me to see him in different levels. So as a business owner, to a coworker, to you know, just someone else working out in the gym, to you know, program design, how we see assessment, all of that stuff. And that's not something you could be like, yeah, Marcus, tell me about how you assess people. It's not the like, same. Yeah, he could go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could go through it, but you watch him do an assessment. And you're like, oh my god, he, he, I didn't even think about. Like the way he said that he told Jason to push his knees behind the bar and mm. he got it, you know, or, you know, you, you go through those and then, or how do you, how do you talk to somebody like in a consultation? Like, what are, what do you say? Because, you know, I, I'm very, I love to talk. So I, you know, I can take over a consultation easy, even if it's somebody else's consultation. And so watching him kind of drive the conversation without saying too much and allowing, you know, allowing this platform for me to talk. So again, on another level of a consultation, being able to learn from him while actually participating in the consultation, which was, which has been amazing. Um, and then just the depth of sharing and what's, is there such thing as too much or not enough? Or, you know, what do, what do those things look like? And then, and then oh, getting up for a client, right? I, I, there was this experience that I had during the open last year you know, where, you know, I'm not that great or anything, but I, uh, my one RM snatch was a 185, and, you know, that was the second or the third round of snatches in the open. And mm-hmm. I was like, 
I don't know if I'm going to hit this. We'll see. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've done it once before. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, my God, the guy got up so much for me, like got in my face, got me pumped up, told me when to hit the rep. Like I, I just walked me through my open workout and He's I was able it. to finish off my, my first round after doing however many chest bars and then, you know, doing four snatches at 185. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just hit that that many times. And he was more excited than I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know how to be excited as excited he, as he was. Yeah. And he's done that plenty of times. I feel like he's done that for you. He's done that for, for Joey. I just saw walk in, but, uh, you know, it, it's crazy. You yeah. know, those are kind of the subtleties for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm just being around each other. Like we get to kind of, even in like our coaches education meetings where we're like discussing case studies or like talking, uncovering ways to like elevate coaching. You get to be a part of like everybody else's growth at the same time. You know, like you get to see, learn from the other coaches, not just Marcus as well. And it's like, it's, it's a very collaborative type of environment. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are certain things like that you pick up on like the time management that you mentioned, but also like, all right, it's 11 to two sometime between there is like, you've developed a rhythm for training in there. You are eating at certain times. Like your lifestyle is very aligned with wanting to be a competitor, mm-hmm. right? Cause a lot of time we see this all the time. We have people who come to us maybe remotely who are like, Hey, I, you know, I, I have these regional aspirations or I want to just compete at a higher level, but then you have to uncover, okay, well, these are the things we have to do. Let's see what you're doing right now and how it kind of aligns with that. And there's some discrepancy usually, um, whatever it might be, like basic stuff like sleep or you know, um, the amount of recovery in your nutrition and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, walk me through like what it's been like for you just kind of adjusting your lifestyle to be able to be in this position where like you're doing you're doing the things that you need to be doing if you want to compete you know yeah. you're training these two a days you're like walk me through what that's been like for you oh my god yeah just in the last year i was just saying this to brianna earlier it's like i was a beginner you know and i've been training my whole life you know i've been training you know back in the days of the 24 hour when it was just your measurements of success were the bench press the number on the scale and how you looked in the mirror frankly to you know the all these different markers of aerobic and double leg knee flexion and single leg and bending and all the different variations within those um and then starting out you know when i had first done my testing with marcus i was like wow I'm like, not that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good. And, you know, even look at some of my videos now uh, and comparing them to when I first started, you know, I really started developing my, my, my Instagram and social media. When I first came back from Thailand, I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to give this thing a run. I need to start actually having like some sort of journal or something mm-hmm. um, and using that as my tool. But, you know, back then I'm like, wow, I really didn't move well. I didn't, you know, and admitting to myself that I didn't move that well, but I was knowing that I was seeking help and I was getting help in order to move better. And, you know, at the time I, you know, like I said, I told Marcus that, you know, I wanted to compete. Yeah, I want to compete. Let's compete. And, you know, coming a full circle a year later, I'm like, well, I'm a much better mover. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm, I, I feel healthier. You know, all of these things, I'm enjoying my training, all of this stuff, but I'm like, do I, do I want to compete? Like, is that, is that 
you know, am I, am I disappointing him by not all of a sudden deciding that I want to compete? And it's, you know, he's, he's just there to support my goals, but, and whatever that might change. But yeah, like you said, there was something you said just a minute ago about I'm living the competitor lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, and it took time to develop. It was not something, you know, I'd always been watching my food and I'd always been this and that. And, but to really have someone guide me through those things and like, Hey, are you chewing your food? Hey, are you drinking like three, you know, 30 ounce uh, bottles of water a day? Are you, you know, sleeping on going to bed at the same time and waking up the same time every day or relatively the same times? Are you down regulating? Are you breathing? Are you, you know, focusing on your movement, not just like lifting weight, but like focusing on your movement patterns. Um, and all of these, it, you know, it takes time to develop awareness of all of those things and really having a guide, you know, having a coach for me has been slowly each, each little bit, you know, doing this, um, focusing on movement, you know, for a while I was, I was having a hard time with my mental approach to training. Mm. I was like, Oh my God, I suck. I'm terrible. Like this sucks. Like, why am I doing this? Like all the time. Yeah. And you know, I was leaving frustrated training for a while. I'm like, Oh my God, like, do I even want to compete? Like, what am I doing here in, in this? Like, sh- do I even deserve a coach? You know, all that, like the, the worthiness factor mm-hmm. almost like, am I worthy of this? And you know, there was something that I listened to, um, you know, uh, a podcast and this guy, this old school weight trainer, you know, would always tell his, his weightlifters, uh, who got frustrated, um, who like were, were kind of competing, you know, on a collegiate level. And he was just like, you know, if they would get that frustrated to where it let them affect the entire training session, he's like, Hey man, you're not that, you're not good enough to be this frustrated with yourself. Like you're doing this for college, you're enjoy- you you chose to do this sport or whatever it is, and so I almost kind of took that approach in like not in a negative way of like oh I'm not good, but right. of you know what I'm not doing this for like a living in terms of you know my performance marker is gonna dictate how much money I'm making, which term dictates my lifestyle, but it was. It was just like, do I, you know, I I need to enjoy this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I really need to take these principles that Marcus is giving me, these, these food hygiene or this movement practice or this, uh, you know, you know, day off type of thing. I need to really develop, you know, my mental health and my training. Mm. So there got to a point in time where he was like, Hey, and I do this, I practice this with some of my clients that totally stole it. But, uh, you know, tell me, he's like, I don't want to hear anything negative about your training. I only want to hear positive. I don't care if it was your warm up. Mm. Tell me how good your warm up was. I don't want to hear you negative. I want your numbers. Like I want you, um, to talk about your training, but you cannot be negative. And so it took me some time to reverse my mindset around training and like, Oh my God, the other day I had a little bit of like, oh, I missed some chest of bars. Um, and I uh, was like, well, wait a second. My bar muscles were great and my aerobic, like I was on my aerobic numbers. So uh, it's been a crazy, crazy experience this last year. But yeah, a lot of a lot of positive direction. Yeah. And like everything you just described, it's like it's taken time. You know, Mm -hmm. like you've put the time in and the consistency to be able to kind of adopt these like lifestyle factors in and then also like anytime you have that mindset shift with anything it's like 
you can do it, but then it's like, all right, it's going to come back again. It's going to come back again. It's mm-hmm. going to come back again. And every time, like, it's repetition, just like training is over time and with consistency, eventually it becomes almost innate, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, all right, it's just a natural part of you where you're thinking this way. Yeah, no, that that consistency factor is is the biggest thing. And that's something that I had to learn about. It's, you know, even for a while when I was very body image conscious, I was like, oh, I gotta, I still gotta do something on my rest day. I still gotta hit a row or a bike or this or that. It's like, oh, I'm feeling, you know, I use the term fluffy, but I'm feeling <laughs> a little fluffy today. So I gotta do uh, some, some extra assault bike work or get on it for 30 minutes, even if it's at a slow pace. And and then, I, you know, the, my aha moment, like James likes to talk about is, it's like, is this sustainable for like however long I want to be in fitness? Hopefully the rest of my life. Is it sustainable to like have this mental approach? Like, Oh no, I've got to go hit this row or this uh, assault bike session, this extra piece. And it's just not, you know, like I've this, this last really the last nine months has been a hardcore development of these practices, but it's, you know, I, I, I'm starting to have faith that, you know, I'm going to get back to that next session and it, you know, I'm just going to keep working towards that goal that there's not like, Oh my God, I didn't get that extra session in and I had a, a burrito for dinner. So now I'm like, I'm, you know, effed, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I I've got to develop this. I, I've developed this consistency. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm no, I'm, I'm I don't want to mess up my session for Friday. So I'm going to have a good session here. Um, uh, or I'm going to take this day off and then yeah. get back into it on Monday, uh, on Friday, or I'm going to take this, this Sunday off and get, get into Monday. And it allows that time for me to, or free up some time to actually get into some other things. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the body image aspect of things, mm-hmm. you know, like when you start and, and maybe this is something recent that you have been kind of uncovering and digging into, but how, like what role has that played in exercise and the way that maybe you've approached it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tell me just a little bit more about body image. Oh my God. Um, that's something me and Marcus has, have been working together on for a while. And you know, the shocker Marcus Ville also has those kind of images or body image issues as well. So um, it's, it, it doesn't just go away the fitter you get, um, which is strange, mm. right? Because we all, you know, going into the 24 hour fitness days and where aesthetics and how much you bench press is literally the markers. So you're constantly, and I, you know, I grew up, um, a little bit, a little bit of chubby kid and, um, playing those positions in football that were a little bit, you know, the unathletic lineman type position or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then, um, so I'd always had a little bit of extra, extra body fat. And when I, when I was younger and I mean, it wasn't that noticeable or anything like that. Um, and then, uh, going into college and having some, you know, weight type of issues and then really getting into the fitness space of, okay, I'm going to start tracking everything, you know, macros and my fitness pal every day. And, you know, I'm going to try all these different diets, the keto and the, uh, intermittent fasting and Atkins and whole 30 and all that stuff. Tried it all. And, uh, and then finally getting to this place of, you know, kind of what we just talked about and the consistency and, uh, you know, I, I just needed to be consistent with it for a long period of time. It wasn't something like, oh, I need to every once in a while do a, uh, uh a master cleanse, which I just mm. did for the first time this year. Um, but 
it, it isn't that it's just this, th- these nutritional practices that we, you know, prescribe to our clients, mm-hmm. just being consistent with those and then allowing the training and the recovery to dictate how your body is going to change. And it has changed a lot for me, but sometimes it's hard for me to see that, you know, from day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it over a year span, maybe a little bit when I really reflect on it, but from day to day, you know, I always joke around and I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, but you know, the fluffy aspect and, and uh, you know, that's, that's hard. And, and something that me and Marcus has really worked on together, mm-hmm. you know, um, again, you know, I, I, recently just stopped using my fitness pal on purpose to try to give myself a mental break yeah and we have that in body here um measuring you know body fat and skeletal muscle mass and that kind of thing and you know i was trending in the right direction right i was 12 percent, then i was 11 percent, then i was 10 percent, and then i was nine percent and then all of a sudden i stopped my fitness paling and then it spiked up to like 13 percent or something like that i was like oh shit I've got to, I've got to get back on my fitness pal. And then it really took Marcus to like calm me down and be like, wait a second. Like, how do you feel? Like, how's your training going? How's your mental approach? And I was like, well, I'm recovering. Okay. I'm increasing all of my lifts and my aerobic work and my recovery or just said that, but, um, and I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great, Mm -hmm. but this number on the paper says something else. And so he's like, yeah, forget about the paper. Like, let's, let's, let's keep doing what we're doing for another month. And then all of a sudden there was uh, and it could have been just a fluke day or something, but it dropped back down. And so it really kind of was teaching me that these practices that I've developed are contributing to that thing that I want most, mm. which is, you know, to be ultimately to have a positive mindset around my body image. And not that I think that I'm, overweight or fluffy or whatever, but I just, you know, I want to be, you know, feel good in my own skin. Yeah. And you know, that's taken from years and years ago from maybe how I was treated from peers or girls back in, you know, middle school and high school or, you know, whatever. But you know, it's really taken me a lot of time and I'm, you know, I'm not out of the woods by any means because there'll be days where I'm like, Oh man, I had that, that Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. <laughs> couldn't couldn't help myself eat the whole thing. All right, and then it's Monday morning, and I'm telling Sean, I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling real fluffy today. I'm gonna wear my t-shirt while I work out. <laughs> oh man, and and then Shauna just rolls her eyes at me. It yeah, great. it's awesome. But uh, but yeah, definitely go through those phases. Those those don't go away. Share share like I remember when that happened when you know you hopped on the in body and there was like oh my gosh, I've been doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Like, why did the number go up? And then four weeks later, like, because every four weeks you mm-hmm. hop on there again, and you did get back up on there. And, and I mean, share some of those numbers that you kind of saw because it was pretty oh So, crazy. F- first of all, I, I had it, you know, when I had first done that, so I think it was like at, you know, uh, 13% or something like that. And, and really the marker that I was looking at was skeletal muscle mass, which was 95 or 99 pounds. Um, and then it, it, it decreased by 4% and increased, uh, pounds of skeletal muscle mass by five pounds. And I was like, which was crazy, you know? And, and I, I, I'm not, I'm taking it with a grain of salt, just like I, I did when I first saw it at 13, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm developing my muscle, my skeletal muscle or musculature or whatever you want to call it. 
I've been really trending in that direction of developing that. Um, but honestly, initially it was, it was scary. Like CNN, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going in the wrong direction. <laughs> Something's going on. I don't know what's happening. Right. Um, and you know, it took Marcus coaching, right? Some coaching to calm me down and really think, reflect and how are you feeling? How are you doing this? Because we, we upped fat. We, you know, he's like, you're not eating enough fat. You just need to eat more. It doesn't, it doesn't like, it wasn't looking like a certain number, but it was just like, we just need to eat more. Mm-hmm. And then four weeks later or five weeks, um, I had a client who came back, um, from Africa and he's like, you know, I don't want to get on that in body. I want to just see where I am. You know, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care. I know I'm going to not be where I was, but I just need a marker so that I can get back to improving. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to be this example for him mm. and for all of my clients. I can't be scared of this thing that they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what the number is going to be this month. So I don't want to step on it. Yeah. You know, like I've been a little off. So I want to no. So I was like, I need to be this example because that was what Marcus asked me when I sent him the results. He's like, well, why did you get on it? Why'd you decide to get on it today? And for me, it was, I wanted to be that example. Like I'm a coach and I want to be the example for my client that it doesn't matter what that thing is. It's, that's just a marker of where I am right now. It's not a marker of where I'm going to be or, or anything like that. It just gives me that indicator. Yeah. I can make some changes if I need to, whatever it is. Um, but I was, you know, and again, I, that I'm just happy with the trajectory of where I'm going, not necessarily with one specific in body, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, with, with fitness pal and you logging, like that's, that's definitely a very important part of the process yeah. at the right time for the right client, like to go through that because it's a reflective experience almost for the client. Like, yes, it gives you as a coach some indication of what's going on, but it's really like you get a lot out of seeing what you Eight, like on paper and, and what you took in but yeah. what you said was like you got to a point where it was like too much and then you kind of let go of it and now it's more intuitive right because mm-hmm. you've put in the time you put in the time and you've got this like sense of how much is enough mm-hmm. and you have a rhythm down oh yeah it, right? it was it was bad you know it was like every single meal oh i just ate i just ate uh a couple turkey slices i need wait hold on i need to go put that into my fitness pal right <laughs> wait, hold on a second or before dinner i'm like wait a second i gotta log what i ate today before i can eat dinner so that i can see what i have left for the rest of the day without even taking into consideration with how i was training how mm. i was feeling and so for me that was like this isn't sustainable and this isn't this isn't a good practice this isn't something i would tell a client to work on yeah. like, or would be appropriate for them you know, and so I, I kind of developed this, you know, awareness around that. And I was like, you know what? I'm, it's almost like it was like that saved one on my iPhone, you know, where you like press down and it pops up. It's like the first one. It's like, log me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to log me now. <laughs> um, it's been too long. It's been too many hours. Right. Um, but it, it was just bad. And honestly, I was eating the same things. Right. And not and and that was the other thing is we get caught into this. Um, I say we, but I was getting caught in this uh, habitual eating pattern of eating the same thing every meal. And I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. You know, that's what I need to do to get jacked, like Marcus. And uh, I was just like eating the same eggs and oatmeal every morning and the same chicken and broccoli and rice for lunch and without changing my proteins and without changing my grains and my vegetables and, and this and that. And so I started to 
recognize that I wasn't doing those things that I was telling everybody else doing. Yeah, my, you know, from the outside looking in, I was bringing in this beautiful prepared food and I was eating the appropriate amount of carbs, fats, and proteins for recovery. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing the thing that, you know, maybe could have been causing a lot of the stuff that, you know, the body image stagnation that it was happening. And maybe it was like, I needed to vary up my proteins and my fats and my vegetables and my carbs more. Mm. And maybe that, and being okay with myself. And then there's this, this whole idea that me and Mandy talk about all the time, me and my girlfriend, uh, of like just trusting yourself. Like, do you trust yourself to like eat the right foods and, and recover properly? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, because I care about this a lot. Mm -hmm. That's why I trust myself. And she's like, well, why do you think that you're going to get back to this place of, um, you know, being overweight or having these, these weight issues, like they're going to be uncontrolled. Like you have created patterns for a long period of time and you care about this a lot. Like this is really important to you. It's not going to just go away. And so as soon as I was able to like really hear that, not just like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But really hear that and develop this, this, this awareness around that and my own choice, I was really, to, I was able to let go. Like there was this, uh, another one of those aha moments and it was just, I can really let go and allow myself to have those things and just know that I'm going to get back to it, that, that the training and that this is ingrained in me, this is my life and this is what I love to do and it's not going to go away. And it's that consistency piece that, you know, we keep coming back to. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Um, I mean, it's just like there's a fitness journey within actually like a movement, right? And a mm -hmm. trajectory with that. It seems like you've had a very similar experience with food, right? There's like this relationship with food that needs to be built. And then there's this lifeline and this continuum that kind of happens. The more consistency and time mm -hmm. you kind of put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, like you said, it just takes time mm -hmm. and it's, uh, you know, I, I hate the, Oh, that's so boring. You just like, you're so boring. You eat the same things every day. Like, no, I mean, I, I vary it up now. Yeah. Um, but it's, but I eat these things because, you know, they give me the best energy, which is ultimately what everybody wants. Everybody wants more energy, you know, like, yeah, the, it, it fuels my recovery. It makes me feel better. I'm able to sleep at the end of the night. I'm not hungry. And, uh, I feel good about myself. And I, and I know those foods that I eat that I'm ultimately not going to feel good. You know, we're on the eve of Thanksgiving and <laughs> I know I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit. It's my favorite holiday. Um, but I know that on Friday, man, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be, there's going to be the voice in the back of my head. It's like, man, you're huge now. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you need to fast for three days. Um, but, you know, it's just, hey, I'm going to get right back on it. I'm, I know that I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast. I'm going to come in. I'm going to get my AM session done. I'm going to eat a healthy lunch. I know I already have it prepped out. And then going to get my PM session, have my recovery and then maybe a little snack and then some dinner, yeah. you know, and just being aware of like, okay, I had this, I had this blowout day, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I'm just going to get back on it next day. Like nothing happens, you know, that, uh, what, what is it? The NFL quarterback, just forget, forget my forgetful mindset or whatever. It's just forget the last day. Yeah. Forget the last play, mm -hmm. you know? 
selective amnesia. Yeah. There it is. There it <laughs> nice. is. It took me a second to yeah. percolate. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that master cleanse that you were talking about? Like oh, when uh, it was, you said it was your first time doing it. Like yeah. what's kind of um, the thought process behind it? Well, that was right after the open, and uh, I was I was kind of telling Marcus, I was like, yeah, I think I'd like, I think I want to go on a little juice cleanse, you know, after the open, you know, just take a break of some protein, take a break of, you know, give my body some good nutrients, just kind of get stop doing supplements, you know, for the week, because you know we do supplements all the time, so yeah, and uh, you know, just kind of give myself a break you know, allow my body to just heal up a little bit. And then Mark's like, no, 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 we're going to do this thing called the master cleanse. It's going to be great. I'm like, wait a second. Isn't that like the lemon, lemon water and cayenne pepper. And I was like, okay, I'm just, he's Marcus Philly. I'm just going to trust him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so we do this thing and I actually talk my girlfriend Mandy into, it. you know, we're living together at this point when we first started living together and we're like, well, we're going to do this master cleanse thing together. Like it's, you know, that, if we can get through a master cleanse together, we could definitely live together. <laughs> so, so I talked to her, I talked her into doing that with me and oh my God, that was, it was hard. That was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Really? Because it, it's not even, it's not about like getting skinny or, or doing, you know, losing weight or anything because at the end of the day, everything you're losing is just water weight. Anyways, you gain it back within a couple days. Yeah. So you have to have the right intentions going into mm. it so you know i definitely had that time where i was like marcus why are we doing this like you know why are, why are we doing this <laughs> he's like uh, you know talk to me about two days in and then we'll and then we'll have that conversation because you're gonna be like on your third day you're gonna like want to quit this you're gonna have a hard time there's gonna be a lot of uh, emotional and psychological stuff going on in your head and he's like i'm gonna be there for you but we'll talk then and, you know, sure as heck, like day three, I was like, man, not doing this anymore. Like, I'm just hungry. I'm cranky. Like, I <laughs> want coffee again. That was probably the biggest thing was coffee. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember talking to Marcus, and this was just another point of coaching, you know, and really developing that. It's just like, this is like, you know, he, he broke it down to primal stuff of, you know, back in the caveman era where they would have this, you know, big kill and they would be gathering berries and stuff like that. And then there might not be protein or some sort of animal that they killed for a week. And, you know, knowing that you can survive, you know, and knowing that you can still do your day to day, you know, I didn't train of course, but just, you can still continue on with life without like, food essentially mm -hmm. like you can live like you're not theoretically starving right you know because we say that all the time you know how often do you say that god i'm starving right now yeah but you're not you're just hungry or you just haven't had enough water right you know and 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 so it's it, it's it's nice to know that was the biggest thing that i was like i can not only can i survive i can do this this was hard you know, the, like I've done Spartan races, I've done Tough Mudders, and I haven't done any like really long stuff. But those, you know, those uh, that that week was the hardest thing <laughs> I have done. And you know, I was thankful that we were eaten by day five. Or yeah, going into day six. So it's a, a total of what seven days, six days? It, we did five days. Five days. Five days. And and what's kind of the rule? Like, I mean, so no you, coffee. Uh, yeah, no coffee, no food, no tea. Um, 
I kind of got away with some LaCroix. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> I texted him. I was like, can I still have bubbly water? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, man, it's part of the fast. And actually the stuff was so gross. I was so grossed out by the stuff after day three that I actually just didn't eat anything afterwards. Because the idea is that you have the, the lemon water, the, the maple syrup, and the cayenne pepper. Um, All blended together. Uh, yeah, you just like put it in a shaker bottle. Yeah. And... Um, I stopped in the cayenne pepper after the second day because like, I was just like, this is so gross. <laughs> and, and then going into day four, I'm like, wait, I only have one day left. I'm just not going to eat this anymore. And because we were kind of joking like, Oh, I'm so in ketosis right now. Yeah. But he's like, no man, you're just, you're consuming pure carbon sugar in the, in the, uh, um, maple syrup. He's right. like, so you're not, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> at least I, I was <sighs> like, at least I had that, you yeah, know, yeah. but I didn't. But uh, by by day four and five, I was it was just uh, Lacroix and and that was it. So there's no eating. So it's there's like no a fast eating. in a sense. Uh, there's no training mm-hmm. at that time. No training. Yeah, you could barely move. Like you just really? just getting up and doing your normal day to day. It's hard. You know, just going to work, coming back. That's hard. Yeah, that was hard. I we bet. went on a we went on a hike um, at the end of it after we had a little bit of food in us on, on that Friday, we went on a hike that day. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was another feat in itself. Dude, I bet. Yeah. We did the Tennessee Valley hike. Oh, nice. That's yeah, one yeah, my yeah. favorite it's, one. It's a, it's a great one. <laughs> if you've seen Visba's po- or, uh, Instagram, he's got some pictures. Of it. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Um, it is. And, um, that's, that's cool though. So it's a way for you to kind of, it's, it's a mental mm-hmm. feat, yeah. but it's also at the same time, I'm, I'm sure great for like digestive health and gut health. and all Oh, that absolutely. Kind of I mean, right away you know our, our first meal there was specific foods like to re-enter yourself into it um you know marcus kind of made a food list for a couple of days and i actually only did the food list for one day and then i just kind of <laughs> ate normal but it was just like you know eating broths and some rice and actually rice helps a lot because it helps push all that stuff out of your stomach mm. all of that gunk and whatnot just to kind of cl- finish off the cleanse. Right. You know, cause sometimes like you get in there and like constipation is a real thing. And that's like, you know, because if it happens when you're eating normally and it doesn't happen in a couple of days, it's whatever. But like when you go a whole week without that, like that's scary. And you're like, yeah. Oh my God, what's going on with me? But you also haven't consumed anything. Right. So it, but at the very end, the rice helps push everything out, finish off the cleanse. And I mean, you just feel great afterwards, you know, and you just cook vegetables and that kind yeah. of thing. Nice and easy. Wow, that's super interesting. It's intense. He might have, he might make you do it, man. <laughs> Maybe he might force you to do it. That's uh, that's that's scary. But uh, I mean, but it's but it was great. I, honestly, um, I, I may do it again at some point in my life. Yeah. Because I know the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard, and it but it was it really helped me develop more awareness in my food, and you know, really understand that starving. Like I wasn't starving. I was starving then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. And, and I'm sure people can kind of Google it and research up on mm-hmm. it a little bit more if they want to kind of learn. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a couple of rapid fires. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. So let's say you had a couple billion dollars. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you had a staff of 40 people. These 40 people are top performers, top thinkers in whatever it is that you've recruited them for. And you just want to do something with it, whether it's change, impact, pursuing a personal passion, mm-hmm. whatever kind of comes to mind for you, what would you do with it? You know, I've, I've, I've heard you ask this plenty of times. And so like, even knowing the question, I still am not prepared. And, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, having, having a 
billions of dollars and a staff of 40 brilliant people, you know, like I would do something similar to what Marcus is doing now. And, you know, because as coaches, we're all thinking the same thing. We're all thinking what's, what's next on a global context. Like what's, what's bigger, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We love the in-person connection, but what's bigger and what is going to make more impact. Um, and I guess, you know, it comes down to whatever, whatever the opportunity happens at that time. Um, and whether it's, you know, getting water to different countries or food or books or, or whatever it is, but like helping to improve the planet in some capacity, like something on a bigger global scale, you know, or Marcus is doing it in a movement context, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe we change it to something else, but yeah, you know, if, you know, maybe I'll just decide to partner up with Marcus and, you know, get some billion dollars from some people and I'll just bring you. That's (laughs) all I need. We'll just bring functional bodybuilding to everybody. Yeah. We'll bring that movement. Um, you know, because it's just being more human. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's say that you're still a billionaire. All right. Right. And you could give one to three books to every person in the country. Right. Uh Or in the world. Um, and maybe they're not books. Maybe it's a piece of content, a movie or, uh, a YouTube video, something that's been impactful for you. Um, what would you kind of give to everybody? Oh man, I heard you ask this to Brian McKenzie the other day and I was like thinking about my books. I was like, Oh man, what books? Um, and, uh, rich man or rich, rich dad, poor dad. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah. one. Um, oh God, that was like the easiest book I've ever read on finance in my life. And it, and it changed my idea of, you know, wealth and how to like actually build the life that you want. And mm-hmm. it's not what you think and it's not what it looks like and you don't have to have these fancy degrees and all this stuff to to ultimately get to the place that you want to Mm -hmm. which is everybody most likely wants to get to financial freedom um and another one um you know i would uh Pass, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so I might pass oh. out that the books of Game of Thrones. Wait, you've read the books? I've read all of the books. Seriously? Yeah. Wow, dude, I'm having a tough time getting through like the third season. You got, <laughs> oh man, that book series is awesome. There's a lot of there's a lot of twists and turns. There's also another sci-fi book that I really like that's uh, it's called Red Rising, and it gets huh. me like I'm a really big fan of space. Yeah, I've told yeah, you this yeah. Plenty of times. You know, me and Elon Musk are gonna be friends at some point, <laughs> yeah. or Peter Diamandis. And, <laughs> gonna figure out this whole mars thing together and maybe that's my billion dollar thing I, right I don't know. yeah that, that could be it yeah um but uh it's this book sci-fi book you know about you know going you know basically colonizing the solar system and mm-hmm. this class system and breaking the class system but it's um it's a fun read and yeah. you know i always ha- try to have a piece of content that i read um that's helping me grow in some way and then also having a piece that like literally gets my me out of my head yeah so having that creative space you know for you know both you know uh for a child in africa or south america or Europe or whatever, and having some piece of content that was going to help them develop themselves for their life, but also having them free their mind and think of other, other things that, you know, that would be the way to go. I think. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's like fiction, comedy, like anything, any piece of art that helps you do that. It's like, 
there's got to be that balance of both. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you're at night trying to read like some complex book on the solar system, it's like you're not going to fall asleep. <laughs> you know, you know, you had a couple books on your Instagram the other day. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss has got some great books. I've read his. Yeah. Lewis House came out with a uh, bo uh, book of greatness or uh, well, school, of greatness, school of greatness. Book. But recently, The Mask of uh, Masculinity, which I, I haven't I, checked out yet. I, I want to check out that one. Looks too. good. And yeah. then there's uh, I think Mike Cashew posted a, something about. Um, the way of the superior man. Oh, I want to get into that one. You know who else recommended that? It may have been James when James was on the show. Oh, okay. I think he, yeah, that may have been something. That's he in my, recommended. that's in my audible lineup. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, well, here's another one. I know Marcus was listening to this the other day, but Kevin Hart's book. Yeah. yeah you Dude, said that. It's I so want to get that on audible. Though. Yeah. You, you have to, I mean, I, he reads the whole thing and it's just like his life, man. What, what a life he's lived. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. How about, let's say that um, everything you've accomplished, right? Mm -hmm. Gone. Clients, gone. Uh, job with rival strength, gone. You had $500 and you had a laptop. What would you do with it? $500 and a laptop. Man. Um, well, you know, I, I can't imagine myself doing, you know, anything different than I do now, you know? Um, I would... Uh, I don't know if I could afford Marcus Philly for two months. So <laughs> I mean, maybe I'd have to work, I'd have to work it out a little bit, but, uh, um, I would, uh, I, you know, I would, you know, having the knowledge that I have now, um, I would start, you know, developing systems. Um, and you know, I've starting to learn how to market myself. So I would be, I would be marketing myself. I would be doing this thing, developing, my own business and I would use that $500 in a way that could help me develop that, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, buying some easy equipment or, um, you know, some stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think that just buy, I couldn't buy an assault bike, that thing's way too expensive, <laughs> but, um, you know, just, you know, some, some little things here and there that could help me start to build the business that would ultimately start getting me some more money that I could build what I'm, what we're already building now. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, it's just live, we're living the dream, man. I know. Uh, how about, you know, I feel like in any person's life who they've achieved a level of success, mm -hmm. uh, relative to like what they've wanted, right? Yeah. There's always that moment where like you had to take that leap, right? Where yeah. it didn't, it, logically it was like, you know parachute wasn't going to open and it didn't it's like you got torn up by cliffs clothes came off and then finally the parachute opened yeah right but you had to take that initial leap yeah. is there a moment that you can think of that comes up for you when oh, you had to do that god this came up in our meeting i think didn't it yeah is that where you got the question from yeah this came up in the meeting that we had a, a couple weeks back and it's such a good question but this whole year has been a leap for me honestly um, from the beginning of working with Marcus, knowing that I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to pay for this guy? And I'm quitting my job and he doesn't have anything lined up for me. Like, but I'm going to do it because this thing's special. Like there was a leap, you know, going to Thailand was a leap, you know, coming back and, you know, hoping that, you know, the woman that I loved would, you know, take me, you know, really feel the same way. And we would have this relationship. That was another leap, you know, creating this, this, this thing in, um, in revival strength, 
you know, just telling Marcus I was going to work for him and not actually like, you know, at him asking me to work here like he did you. <laughs> um, another leap, you know, and even even those leaps, uh, those big leaps, there's leaps within that. You know, yeah. you look at like the clients and, and whatnot and and, uh, you know, not having a steady income and and, you know, for your first six months of working. And, and then it's just like. So it's just leap after leap after leap. And, yeah. and it's, oh God, it's been the best year for me. It's just been, you know, it's been the most high stress, high emotion, but it's just also been the most successful year that I've ever had. And it's just, uh, if, if I didn't, if I didn't make those leaps for myself in this past year, like none of this stuff that I have right now would have, you know, happened, you know, I wouldn't be in this relationship and I wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends and on this podcast and this business wouldn't be happening. And, and I'd probably be still be living at home with my parents and working at a bar or something, you know, if I didn't go to Thailand and, uh, it's just, it's just been crazy. It's been, and, and you know, you've done it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you don't take those chances. It's just not going to like, it's definitely not going to happen. You know, right. you know, I remember reading, I think the four hour work week and, uh, Tim Ferriss was talking about how he's just like, okay, he actually made a list of like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. Like, let's just write it down. And so I actually did that. I was like, what are the worst things that going to happen? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, work at a different bar and still be living at my parents' house, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not have to sell my car, you know, um, you know, so I was just like, no, these things need to happen. I need to just, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally resonate with that. And I mean, I think, uh, is it the fear setting exercise that you're talking about? Yes. I, I did the exact same thing. I think before when I was making that decision, like, okay, I have this opportunity to go to Invictus. Like, am I going to go out to San Diego? Like almost starting over. Like it was, it was a big leap. And for me, it's been a similar situation where it's leap after leap after leap. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's been, you're right. Like the best year ever. Mm -hmm. So much has happened. And part of me thinks that like, because you take leaps, like you experience full ranges of emotion, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just like Mm -hmm. comfort or not just like happiness that there's sadness, there's anger, there's fear. There's all these different like emotions that we experience as humans, but are all necessary for us to like feel alive. You know what I mean? It's not just like one thing. And I, I honestly think the biggest growth, like there's been so many things that I've been fortunate enough to grow in this year, but the biggest thing is just my emotional growth. And, you know, for years growing up, I was just like shut down to it. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm a guy. I don't need to, I, I don't cry. I don't feel these things. I still, I still need to cry. That hasn't happened this year yet, but it will. I feel confident. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, the emotional growth and being like being strong in saying that I am emotional. Yeah. You know, because before it was, oh, man, I'm not emotional. Like that's like showing weakness. And I think that's what that book, The Way the Superior Man is about. But mm. it's like really showing that, you know what? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. And I am scared. I'm, I am scared of this thing. And, uh, you know, just, you know, knowing these things. And again, my partner Mandy has helped me out so much with that. Like more than I could even imagine. Just how do you feel? How do you, like when you get asked that plenty of times and you're like, yeah, I feel fine. I feel fine. I feel great. You know? but like really actually getting into like, what does that mean? Like, no, no, no. What is your, what is your reaction to this thing? Like, Oh my God, you just lost a client. You know, I lost, I lost my first client a couple months back and I was like, Oh my God, I'm the worst coach ever. I'm terrible. Like, (laughs) you know, but then, Oh wait, wait a second. You know, let's take a step back. Let's be emotional. Let's allow this emotion to exist 
and allow this emotion me to feel this thing and and then get through it and mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the body image and the same way those are all emotional subjects but i feel stronger for allowing myself to feel those emotions and i'm still learning mm-hmm. you know i'm i still don't you know fully understand myself but i feel like this this last year i've I really have developed, you know, awareness around that. And just knowing how you feel in certain situations allows you to be, you know, a better coach. It allows you to be there for other people, either clients, your partner, your friends, your family, whatever. But just knowing how you react in certain situations and being honest about it too. Like, oh man, I don't, you know, I get frustrated when somebody doesn't tell me the the right directions in the car, yeah. like I get frustrated <laughs> right. and like that frustrated, but knowing that that happens and like, I'm okay. I yeah. do get frustrated. I need to ask for help. How do I do this? Right. Okay. So I, I need, okay. I'm fe- and saying that I feel frustrated. So it's been, that's been a journey in itself for me. Yeah. No, yeah. that's huge, man. Um, Wow. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming yeah. on because uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I finally kind of got around to it and made it happen and scheduling and all that. And um, yeah, there's a lot of pieces in here, I think, that are going to be helpful for people to hear who mm-hmm. resonate with it, who are maybe going through the same things. And um, is there anything else that you'd like listeners uh, like to leave listeners with? I mean, we touched on a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing that comes to comes to my head that I haven't already said I mean I'm sure I'm sure I'm missing something but I mean just that that emotional that emotional thing man you know I grew up where I wasn't okay where it wasn't okay for me to feel emotional Mm -hmm. you know either around my body around anything else feeling whatever and you know I finally maybe that's what really drew me to Marcus in this place is that he is so incredibly vulnerable. Like, I don't know if you, it's hard to really see over social media and, and over podcasts, but like just being around this guy, like there, there were times when me and Marcus sit down in consultations and like, we're on the verge of tears talking about things, you know, either talking about the way we look or the way the business is going or way we are with clients or, you know, way we are with our partners. And, and it's just, you know, that's, it's okay. You know, and those, those, yeah, it's superhuman, superhuman. Yeah. So that's it. (laughs) Takeaway. Be more human, be more human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Where can we point people to, where can we support your journey and learn more about you? Well, you know, this is where I actually need to be better about my social media. Cause I, <laughs> cause I just, I hate it, <laughs> but, um, you can follow me on Ama Hillich, uh, on Instagram. Ama Hillich is, uh, is my username. And then, um, same thing on Facebook, Anthony Mahelich, uh, and then revival strength, you know, that's, that's it. As far as my social media platforms. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I will get all that linked up. If you are interested in coaching by any one of us, head over to revival-strength.com. Thanks again, man. Yeah, thanks, Mizma. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate you taking the time, tuning in, and lending me your ears. Two things I want to leave you with before you head out. Number one, if you are a coach or gym owner, head over to theairbornemind.com and check out some of the free resources we have for you there. Myself and a clinical psychologist are partnering together to create a course called The Art of Connection Through Questions. It's something I've loved and studied and 
has fulfilled me for years and to be able to finally put this together in a way that's going to help other coaches and gym owners uh, connect deeply with their clients is super fulfilling for me. So if that sits well with you, head over to theairbornemind.com and check it out. Number two, leave a review on iTunes. It's the best compliment that you can give and it would mean the absolute world to me. But other than that, hope you enjoy this one. Until next time.